eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It is a speedway with swagger. One of the fastest tracks we come to. This is the place where fists have flown, faces have been bloody. You left a hole, man, and he closed I it. I left a hole. You are the no goodness, mother I've on, ever man. met. Hi, welcome to NASCAR American Motor Routes. Nate Ryan here with Kyle Petty, Dustin Long, also joined by Parker Kligerman and Stanford. Brad Dory will be joining us later. We're also taking your phone calls, 844-NASCAR-NBC. So give us a call to talk NASCAR. Uh, first time that we're getting all these guys' thoughts on camera about <laughs> Bristol Motor Speedway. So uh, interesting race at, at Bristol, Kyle. On one hand, uh, 19th winner of the season, third straight non-playoff driver yep. to win a race, and a lot of playoff drama. But yep. on the other hand... Next Gen got exposed, as Dale Jarrett yes. said, in, yes. in some ways with the durability. And not a typical Bristol race, a lot of track position racing. Yes. And I think we heard a couple of drivers, and I mentioned it on the call. We heard uh, Kevin Harvick um, and Denny Hamlin, two drivers um, that were not even close to each other, but they both said the same thing. The corner speeds were so fast. It's tough to race when you're qualifying every lap. Um, and they were just running so fast. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't, if you look at the race itself, and Ryan Blaney has a right front tire issue, Cendric uh, does, you know, these guys. If it's the first race of the season, it's just an issue. It's not a problem. In this case, we all followed it and were intent on watching because it was, are these guys eliminated? You know, any misstep was an elimination. So um, it was, I think, again, as Dale said, I think it showed the flaws uh, of, of what this car is. On a short track, it's good a lot of places. It's just not as good on the short track. Yeah, and I, I think look, it's um, it's been it's really weird this year in the sense that you know the, the mile and a halfs have been so much better, and and that's been the, those types of tracks that have been the ones that everybody's kind of been against in years past. So they've done a very good job yeah. with the mile and a halfs. It's the short tracks that just haven't been as effective. But again, with all the issues, it created a lot of drama, and certainly 
uh, one of the things that makes racing or sports interested is drama and conflict. And certainly you have that. And I mean, I think about a guy like Austin Sindrick who lost four laps in the first 100 laps and ends up finishing seven laps down and still advances to the second round. Yeah. And you see that drama. I mean, there was the drama still of, of Kyle Busch, uh, you know, at one point in, the, in his hauler, still in yeah. a p- playoff position and then getting passed by cars on the track that were all beat up and damaged. So, um, yeah, there are issues with the, with the car. And, again, this is the first year of the car. Who didn't expect there would be some teething issues to some degree? Um, but, again, there was drama and there was, there was intensity, and, and, and there was, it, made it, it made it interesting to watch because you just didn't know what was But was going. the drama created by a comedy of errors? See what I just did there? <laughs> See what I just did there? What a writer. <laughs> wow. Hey, Kyle, I just want to point out that they trust you so little that they gave you zero computers and gave Nate two. <laughs> oh, no way, dude. What is that? No. Mean? I, I, I mean, don't know. I guess you guys on. are sending me to the moon. I you're guess the that's real, it. After that, well, you comment, just said he's the, he's the man of letters who just said comedy of errors and yeah. used that wonderful yeah, wordplay. He's the words. There we go. There he's we the go. writer over here. But yeah. I, I would like to, I'm going to go down another word path here. Uh, next gen, right? That was the, the term of this car and this era of NASCAR and the idea of finding what a modern-day stock car is like. And that's what the next-gen car is supposed to represent, right? It's the idea of taking what we've always known for almost 40 years as the design of a stock car, changing that, changing how stock cars are built, how the teams race them, and then going about and obviously racing. And I think it's had a lot of success, but the short tracks have exposed that Maybe, you know, what we had for 40 years was really good on short tracks, right? It was a high-powered, heavy, low amount of tire car that was really hard to drive. And so short tracks, it was really meant for that. And I think right now the sport is going to have to go through this teething process on short tracks and figuring out how do you make this modern-day car race well at those places. Because as, as Dustin alluded to, right, it has been great the mile and a half. It's been obviously cool at the super speedways. I think it's kept the flair of what NASCAR is on super speedways. But... In short tracks, you know, when you look at this design, this is a car that now has a five-speed gearbox, which now shifting is a thing at places like Martinsville, which sounded really cool in theory. In actuality, it's awful, apparently. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gateway, not that, not that fun. I didn't really enjoy it doing it myself. So, and the drivers aren't enjoying it, and it's actually making it that it's really hard to pass because you can recover from mistakes. All right, so we'll put that in the box of that doesn't work, right? Uh, Aero-wise, you know, underbody aerodynamics have obviously been great at the bottom of the hasp, but has not worked on the short tracks because you follow each other so closely and it's affecting a lot. And then you have a tire that has a lot of grip because it's bigger than what we've always had on stock cars. So I think, you know, Bristol the other night to me definitely looked like a race that relied more on track position than we are used to out of Bristol. But I don't think, you know, this is a a problem that can't be cured. I, I think there is a lot of tools to unlock with these cars to figure this out. And as we look ahead, potentially to, you know, another short track coming up like Martinsville, I had a conversation with Kyle Busch who told me, you know, when they tried different under trays and things, it had an effect. They felt that. So we'll see. I just think it's definitely this teething process of next-gen NASCAR and next-gen NASCAR on short tracks, and hopefully we can figure it out. Yeah. Well, you, you and uh, Parker yeah. both alluded to it, Kyle. That one of the things that drivers were saying was that the cars are actually running faster in the corners and on the straightaways. Denny Hamlin and Kenan Harvick both had uh, things to say about that in their interviews with us after the race, and we'll take a listen to what they had to say. And unfortunately, his playoff run comes to an end, and you guys fought hard this round and in this race, but how frustrating was it to just not be able to go up there and race for a shot at the win yeah, tonight? It was pretty tough. I mean, we pitted in front of the 17, so um, just kind of the way the year has gone, and 
Just uh, went from having a chance to lead the parade to uh, being a part of the parade. Just difficult to pass. Cars are way too fast through the corners. Can't race. Yeah, it just, um, you know, had good track position and from our qualifying effort. And, I mean, passing was just <laughs> impossible. So it was just a matter of day that uh, you needed to stay up front at all costs. And we just uh, couldn't quite do it. And we had, you know, that blown tire that really kind of set us back. And then we were trying to play catch up from that point on. You've now put the next-gen car through the Bristol gauntlet. Man, how tough was that? It's tough. I, you know, I'd like to see the racing improved overall. I mean, some lap time variation a little bit, but, yeah, it's just uh, we're just running around there. It feels like we're running faster in the corners than we are in the straightaways, and uh, so it's just extremely hard to pass. But we're, you know, we had some steering issues. Looks like our other Toyota teammates had steering issues, so we just battled through it and held on. But... Ninth place, okay. Um, uh, we just had a little hiccup there the last stop and lost that track position. Um, and, and really, you ends up cost you the win just because it was so impossible to pass. Uh, it was just so, so fast. The pace was so fast. So um, hopefully when we come back to all these short tracks next year, we can figure out something to, to at least get some pace fall off because um, I don't know how it looked on TV, but it, it was just not that much fun from... At least the racing side of it wasn't fun. It's always fun turning laps here at Bristol, but it's just so hard to pass. That uh, this place is usually awesome. You know, when you, you catch traffic quick, you can move around, and we just didn't really have much of that tonight. All right, so there you have the thoughts of Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, and Denny Hamlin. They're yeah. always outspoken, obviously, Kyle, and they kind of yeah. told it like it is right there. And, you know, I'm curious that looking forward obviously next gen has not married up really yeah. well yet with the short tracks we yes. saw a martinsville race that was disappointing in the spring there's gonna be a martinsville race coming up yeah. um next month that will be the cutoff race for round three that will determine the championship four where is nascar do you feel like right now with this car and short tracks and can they address it like denny was talking about there? no I, yeah. I don't believe they can address it uh, and, for this year for this year yeah, yeah i don't believe they can address it for this year and and the the reason being is is you have to go back in time. If we go way, way back in time, or we go to the 90s, or you, there's different phases here. If I went to the racetrack and my car wasn't good, I went home and fixed it myself. Okay? These guys, they go to the racetrack. If their car is not good, it's a single source part supplier. They depend on that, that lower control arm. They depend on that rear suspension. It comes from, it comes from you. I can't fix it. You know what I mean? It yeah. comes from, from Dustin. I can't fix it. I just got to bolt it on. If it comes so, from Dustin, it's definitely yeah, great. But, but, the, point, <laughs> yeah, but the point is, the point is, I can't improve that. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not allowed to. That's, yeah. that's the rules. That's the way it is. So if they turned this, this problem over to the teams and just said, run with it, they'd fix it. Believe me. There's some smart guys in that but garage. But then you get into the issue that but you go away, then, you're trying then, to get away from is, then, is the team spending all that money. Yeah, and, but then... Don't talk to me about money and racing. Oh, ever. I'm just saying. Ever, ever, ever. Don't ever talk to me about money matters. and racing. It always matters. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, so, but, the, but the point is, the, the thing is, it now what NASCAR has done by doing it the way they've done it, now it's on them. Now yeah. it's, it's directly back on them. Kevin Harvick, when he gets out and he talks, um, Denny Hamlin, when they get, there's no reason to talk to Joe Gibbs. There's no reason to talk to Tony Stewart. There's no reason to talk to their crew chiefs. I'm talking through the camera straight to you, NASCAR. I'm telling you, you've got to fix this. And yes, it showed up. And yes, they should be able to fix it next year. Um, and hopefully they fix it by next year. But remember, it, with a single source supplier, it's just not one team going back and fixing their no. car. 
that guy's got to fix enough for 40 people, plus pairs, plus multiple cars. So it, it, it's just we're too late in the season to fix anything by Martinsville. And you're talking about, Kyle, you're talking about durability. There. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if we're talking about the show, though, I think that is oh, yeah. stuff that can be cured in a quicker fashion because you just tell all the teams, hey, we're, put, we're changing this part. We're changing the underbody, you know, that we run at the dirt track. We're gonna, now going to run that at the short tracks, that sort of thing. I think that is a plausible thing. You change gear ratios, tire compounds. I think Goodyear plays a part in this, right, of trying to get lap time fall off. I think all three series at Bristol had almost zero lap time fall off in that sense. Yeah. So, I mean, the truck series, I qualified 28th. I got to third. No one ever passed me again. So, yeah. like, you know, like, that's a problem. But I think those are the curable things. But what you're talking about on the durability side, yeah. absolutely. That is a – this is a large wheel now that has to – you know, is turning, and it can only turn so fast because you have a supplier that everyone is working through NASCAR to change, and it just – it takes a while to make that happen. That's right. You're not just moving one team. You're moving the whole yeah. sport. You have yeah. to move. But, but I'll go back to, to, to your arrow stuff. Is it, Have we opened up that can of worms? And I'll ask you, Mr. Formula One. Have we opened <laughs> up that can of worms where, where we have different parts and pieces for different racetracks, for different arrows, and now we can't run the speedway on the short track or the short track, but I've got 16 different diffusers laying here <laughs> that, that cost me $45,000 a piece. But we're going to keep the cost of racing down, Dustin. Let me just say that. You know, I mean, are we back into that game? Are we, yeah. opening the, are we opening the door for that game? You know what? We probably are. But it, it's the one thing, like, what's the cash rate to here? Do we, do we sell tickets, right? Do we make an entertaining show? Or do we keep the same parts and the cost down? Because eventually we can make it really cheap and just all run around at 30 miles an hour. I don't think we'd sell many tickets, right? So I think, I think there's a, a mix there of obviously figuring out this new car and figuring out what works and where it does and doesn't work, right? But I think you've got to keep trying things. And I know the owners can get a little bit upset with having to buy new parts, that sort of thing. But you've got to keep trying things if there's – the, if it's putting on a good show at certain tracks but not able to put a good show on another track, that's a problem, right? And I, yeah. that is something you've yeah. got to as a sport work through, which, we, which it has been, right? I think the sport has been working since that first Martinsville race. But I just think that is a, you know, this is, at the end of the day, we, we went to a car that's supposed to level the playing field and make more parity to sell more tickets, to get more people to watch on TV, to make the sport more interesting. We've done that. We have 19 winners this year, right? So... If you've, got to, you know, if you've got to keep that as an evolution, it's not just a one-and-done situation, then I think that's just something the sport has to buy into. All right, we're going to get to a caller, but uh, before we button this up, so Parker thinks better Martinsville race is possible, but are, I don't. are you sold? You don't think so? I don't. I'm sorry. Dustin, I'm you, sorry. you were at a test Hater. at Martinsville uh, <laughs> a month or two ago. So NASCAR is working on this. Do they have another test plan? And what have they been working on to try to address the I mean, they're working on the, the underbody, but, I, you know, obviously it was a different tire compound. And, look, I'll tell you what. If the Martinsville race uh, for the cutoff race is in November, in, in late October is 85 degrees, that's going to be a fantastic race because it was like 85 degrees for the test and the tires wore. Okay. That's the problem is it's, you're going to have a 20, 25-degree yeah. difference from right. what you tested to when you're racing most likely. And so okay. it's I say let's just do so, it like Myrtle Beach and have a yeah. slick track. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to root for climate change. Sounds like we're rooting for climate change for the uh, round three cutoff. Let's go to the phones uh, and welcome in uh, Lyles uh, to NASCAR American Motor Miles. Welcome to the show, Lyles. Yes. I'd like to uh, thank Kyle for being so straight up and uh, having to go over and see if he can't speed uh, Ross up in that number one car if he has a chance. But I met his mother back in the 80s, and she was a very nice lady, and his daddy, he would sign autographs, 
till the very last person in Martinsville. Hey, and would. thank you. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, you for that. Thanks thanks for the call, thank you for that. Ross. And listen, Ross is going to make it to the Final Four. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> uh, Ross is going to make it. We, we had this conversation this morning, and I'm the only one that believes that, evidently. <laughs> evidently. My, my, I was talking to my mom before the show, and she's kind of maybe leaning a little bit toward Ross. Oh, right there, there so. we go. There we go. I'm, I'll get into you somewhere. I'll get, hey, I'll, Kyle. I'll, Kyle, I'll where was the Ross, you know, where was the tayback? I didn't weekend. see any. I, I didn't see him, man. I bought my ticket specifically for Bristol so I could see payback. And I didn't see anything, man. I didn't see missing, anything. Missing. <laughs> I think it's too early. I think it was too early because... No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. My head's going to explode. <laughs> yes, sir. Good, good. There you go. I think it's too early because, look, everybody's trying to get in. They're trying to advance anybody that's upset with him. They're worried about themselves at that point. They're not There's worried about point. Ross. There's your point. They're worried about themselves. They're yes. not worried about Ross. Hold on. And the people that are eliminated... They'll, they don't want to be that guy that takes out a championship contender no matter what. I'm just telling you. I'll and, tell you, you do me wrong and you cost me something hey, big, I'm coming after you. You're going to talk to talk, walk to walk. I will do it. Talk to talk, walk to walk. <laughs> All right, well, Ross Justine is moving on to the round of 12. Kyle Busch is not, and I think our next caller, Rusty, uh, to NASCAR American Motor Mouse would like to discuss that. Rusty, welcome to the program. How you doing today, guys? Doing well. Good. Good. I remember Kyle Petty said a few months ago, once Kyle Busch signs a contract somewhere and calms down, then we might see the angry Kyle Busch. Maybe. Right. And, and listen, I am looking forward to that. You're going to see him. The, yeah, the, yeah. The I, I, I am looking forward to it. But here's what I want to see. I just want to see Kyle Busch. Um, and, and because he's been gone so long this year. You know what I mean? He's been away from the Kyle Busch that we're used to seeing, the guy that can drive anything, anywhere, anytime, doesn't make any difference what the track conditions are, what it is. His, his, his mind has been somewhere else. His mind has been, where am I going to be in, in, in 2023? What, what's my future look like? What's KBM's future look like? Um, and I think when you take that burden off of somebody and they know where it's going to be, right, wrong, or indifferent, they know where they're going to be, um, that he'll be a different race car driver. I, I do believe that. I, I'm not sure he's going to jump right back into it at Texas. It might take him a couple of races to get into it. Uh, but Texas is as good as any place for a Toyota, uh, and it's been good to Kyle. Well, one would hope that his engine uh, holds up at yeah. Texas after engine failures in two of the first three races in the playoffs for Kyle Busch. That eliminated him, Darlington and Bristol. Uh, Dustin, I know you talked to David Wilson, Toyota Racing Development yeah. President, yesterday, and he had some interesting takes on what was going on with uh, Kyle Busch's engine. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he was just very remorseful that uh, the engine issues that had prevented you know, Kyle to have that opportunity to win a third championship and to go out with that mic drop moment of winning a championship in his last year at Joe Gibbs Racing in Toyota. Talk with David Wilson. He says, look, we've got a valve train issue, some uh, instability issues there. We feel like we were getting those corrected and, and, and working toward taking care of that uh, with the engines and hope that the, it's not an issue moving forward. But again, uh, you know, you'll find out as you run these races, but they feel better. They don't feel like these changes are going to hurt the performances of their cars so that the, the remaining Toyotas, Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, and also the 45 car in the Owners' Championship still will be uh, competitive. But obviously it's a tough situation for, for Kyle out of the playoffs, and he doesn't have his pit crew now because it's been switched over to Denny Hamlin's team. Um, wow. and, and that's yeah, the, uh, that's... you know, 
That's yeah. certainly another That's, layer to this. What's it feel like to be Kyle Bush and they start taking <laughs> parts and pieces from yeah. you right off the bat? Yeah. yeah somebody, wanted, somebody wanted an angry Kyle Bush. You, you'll have an angry Kyle Bush in the next seven uh, races. Parker, what if, kind of Kyle Bush do you think we'll see now that he's eliminated from championship <laughs> contention but still racing the last seven races? Well, I would argue we have seen the Kyle Bush that we've known of old at times this season, Kyle. I would say it has not been as consistent as we're used to. Right? Yeah. When I look at That's the, great. That's the performance point. at Darlington that he had in that 18 car, that's classic Kyle Bush. You know, at Nashville for a portion of that race, classic Kyle Bush. Just found a way to put a car that maybe wasn't even the, the fastest car there in first place and lead a massive amount of laps and, you know, gets it taken away from him, obviously, by an engine failure. But he was really, really good at Darlington to start off the playoffs. And I just felt like I hung out with him before that race and he seemed loose and he had a bunch of his one-liners and it just felt like classic Kyle Bush, right? So... I know at that time he was probably pretty close to getting his deal done, so who knows if he was in a happier mood because of that. But I think we have seen him at times. Now, with this situation of being knocked out, um, you know, through really no faults of his own and mechanical failure, now taking his pit crew away, and I'm sure if there's a pit crew issue and he's leading a race, that's going to be a great radio to tune in on. Um, and that will just drive things forward. But I, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I, I think we're just in uncharted territory with Kyle Busch. Like, for all of my time, I've watched NASCAR, that I've been in NASCAR, that I drove for him. He's up here. You know, he's, he's Kyle Busch. It's Kyle Busch, and then there's everyone else in terms of talent and driving and just the idea of, like, if you give him the tools and the pieces, he finds a way. And right now, for at least a couple races, we're going to experience a team that probably isn't most motivated to make sure that he has the best thing possible, yeah. right? And so I think that's just a really – unique place to be and we'll see how this goes for the next couple races. Yeah. I will say I don't think I don't think as we go through this round it, it's not it's not stuff like that's not going to show up. At the Roval, yeah, too many wild cards, too many too many there's too many things, too many outside variables coming. You put me back, you you give me Kyle Busch back on four mile and a half in a row and, and a mile track and a half mile track, then that's where Kyle Busch comes back into his own. I, I just don't wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be something if this is the week at Texas he wins, though, at, you know, after being eliminated? <laughs> Poetic yeah. justice. Well, Mark right? Truex is going to win this week. It would, it would be like the capper to Kyle yeah. Busch's year. Yeah, uh, it so would be. Uh, so we've talked a lot of Bristol Motor Speedway. We've talked Kyle Busch. When we come back, other side, we will talk Texas Motor Speedway, the opener of the round of 12 this Sunday. Come back and join us on the other side, NASCAR America Motor Mouths. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are underway in Texas. Texas is arguably the most important race outside of Phoenix. I believe drivers and teams take some real chances at Texas next week. Texas is kind of the one place that you can control your destiny going into the next round, and the winner is going to get out of there feeling really good if it's a playoff card. The words of Christopher Bell, not only an important race for the championship, but for him being a Norman, Oklahoma native who grew up only three hours away from the track. This is pretty much his hometown track, and you see the NASCAR schedule for this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway, Xfinity Series practice and qualifying Saturday on USA, followed by Cup Series practice and qualifying also on USA, and then Xfinity Series countdown to green in the race. 
And on Sunday, the Cup Series Countdown to Green gets started at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on USA, followed by the opener of the Round of 12 at Texas Motor Speedway, Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on USA. And this also will be the first mile-and-a-half track of three in the playoffs, Kyle. And we've seen better racing on the mile-and-a-half tracks this year with the next-gen car. We saw good races at Kansas, at Charlotte, at Las Vegas. And you and I were talking earlier – it kind of ties into the short track discussion a little bit because the next-gen car was pretty much configured as a, as a symmetrical-type yes. vehicle that was intended yeah. to be more for these bigger super speedways, but it's kind of had the effect where you can't offset it as much on the short yeah. tracks, which has impacted the short track racing, but it might have actually yeah. improved the mile-and-a-half so, racing. So this is just Kyle's opinion. Okay. Always. So, <laughs> yes. As opposed yes. to something Kyle's else. Opinion. Yeah. Just so, Kyle's opinion. So the, 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 this car... This car is like if we go back to 60s, 70s, when they built multi-purpose facilities for baseball and, and basketball, or baseball and, and football. Right. You know right. what I mean? They weren't really good for either one, okay? And, and what happened is we have built a car that we thought would perform everywhere, and it has, it has some flaws in it. And, and, and it, we, we, you've got to be able to fix it. We've, we've got to be able to fix it. We went through that in, in the first segment. But for whatever reason, we have tried and tried, and tried, and tried to fix these mile-and-a-half tracks for how many years? Forever. 20, for, at least. For 20 years. And <laughs> yeah. whether it's a different height spoiler, whether it's let's don't offset the cars, let's offset them to the left, let's offset them to the right, let's change the tires, let's change this, let's change the power package, let's change this. They didn't fix it. And they designed this car, and it fixes it. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know... I designed, I designed a appeal for one thing, and all of a sudden I'm growing hair all over my body. You know what I mean? I mean, the side effect is it works It works on the, on the mile-and-a-half racetrack. You, know what I mean? you don't want to see my body, but it, it works on the mile-and-a-half mile racetrack. But if you can fix that, then you can fix the short track. That, that's, what gives you, that, that's what gives you hope. But I think the racing that we have seen from the very beginning of the season, when these guys didn't know anything about this car, when they didn't know anything, when it was brand new, when you were three races in, four races in, six races in, and you were just winging it, we saw some good, solid racing. The product on the racetrack got better. The product on what has been the heart and soul of the sport, those mile, mile-and-a-half racetracks, got better. So you have to say it's a huge plus for the sport. For sure. I, I'll tell you what, I, and I agree with like what Christopher Bell says, how this is such an important race for, for them. And I think it's especially so for him and for Denny Hamlin because a look at where they are on the points. You know, Denny Hamlin's 3,015. Christopher Bell's tied with Ryan Blaney, 3,013 right on the cutoff line. And you look at what the the Toyota teams, um, you know, they've been strong in the mile and a half. You don't know what they're going to do. You you don't know what anybody's going to do at Talladega. So anything could happen there. And, you know, the Toyotas have just not been strong on the, on the road courses, yeah. the Charlotte Roval. If you're a Toyota team, you don't want to be going into the Roval needing certain amount of points to advance the next round. I think that this is a, a critically important race because for how strong the Toyotas are on the mile and a half, I think there is a path for them to move into the you know win here. And then the next round, you've got, you've got uh, Las Vegas and Homestead. So there's a couple of mile and a half tracks that if you can carry this over, Shoot, you could get two, two Toyotas into the championship. The two Toyotas left. Yeah, so there's the only two four. left. Yes. And, 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 you know, without in a year where they were bad on the road courses and throwing those points away, and, and they're maybe not as good at Martinsville, 
So there's two bad tracks out there that I think this is Texas is critical for, for Christopher Bell and Denny Hamlin right now. Yeah, Steve Wittard said, Parker, uh, most important race maybe of the playoffs next to Phoenix. And I know also it could be hot this weekend as well. So a lot to factor in there. Yeah, Nate, because, I mean, look, just looking at some of the uh, weather coming in, I mean, it's close to 100 degrees possibly on Sunday, and this is already a long race, 500 miles. It's a grueling race normally. It's a place that uh, the, the asphalt is just wild. You know, there's these wide open lanes that have – it's hard to get your sight lines, and that's why the restarts can be very important because, one, it's hard to pass, and then, two, you can kind of go to places on the racetrack you never really run. As you see here, you go off into one, and it's just like – Wide open. You can go anywhere, but you've got the resin that they put on up the top, and that creates some weird sight lines because it's not really an area you run. And then you finally funnel down the center, and then it reopens back up on the exit but flattens out again. So it's just a really odd racetrack in that sense, especially through one and two. And then you'll be flat out all the way down to three and four. So really your differentiator is one and two. Um, so it just becomes super important on the restarts. You add in the heat. This is a long race already. I think all those things add in to make this a pretty tough race. And then, as you said, and as Steve alluded to on our call earlier today, you know, this is, and as Christopher Bell said, to me, this is the race that you control your destiny, right? When you look at Talladega, there's absolutely no chance that you can feel that way and feel confident in a super speed way from what we've seen this year and what we saw at Daytona. Uh, and then you go to the Roval, and the Roval maybe in the dry isn't so much a, you know, wild card in my, my eyes. But it's on the off chance that it rains, right? We've seen rain racing this year. We've seen that how much that can flip over the field and change things up strategy-wise. So I think that's where you look at this race and think, okay, if there's any race, even with all those factors we just mentioned between heat and the way the track is designed and how crazy restarts could be and that sort of thing, if there's any race in this round that you could say, all right, this is one where if I bring a really fast car and I just do my job, I potentially could have a really good finish or win. This is the one. The other two... I just don't think you could go in there thinking that, uh, knowing what's up for grabs. Yeah, you certainly, if you're a Toyota driver, you certainly yeah. want to look toward the Roval to save you because they've been so bad on road courses this yeah. year. No one is looking toward Talladega as being any sort of escape hatch yeah. if you have a bad Texas race. Ford guys are. Ford. <laughs> all, those Ford, all those Ford guys love that place, man. Yeah. Well, hey, on the Roval, just on the Toyotas, just real quick, you know, the other comment I saw was about what happened to Kyle Busch's motor from you, Dustin, uh, and David Wilson in terms of hitting rev limiter. And, I mean, that's, you know, who knows where they fix that over the next couple of weeks. But going to a place like the Roval, I mean, you'll, you'll be hitting the rev limiter three times, four times a lap. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you just, not only have they been not fast on the road courses, but to have durability issues too, I mean, that's just a really scary thing for some car, you know, a car like Christopher Bell who has been, in my eyes, the surprise great, you know, performance of the first round of the playoffs. I want to bring you and KP on something Parker just said about how wide this place is. And yeah. we saw some highlights there. There has been a race earlier this year, not a points race, but there was the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway earlier this season. And restarts were hugely important yes. and always seem to be so at this track. You've got this weird thing where one and two is different than three and yep. four after they did the reprofiling. How does that sort of explain so, this? So restarts, and Parker can speak to this a lot more than I can, but and, and we even heard, heard it brought up again at, um, at Bristol when we heard this again. Track position, track position, track position, which means restarts are critical. How many times have we seen guys lose races on the restart? Denny Hamlin, um, Bubba just won where? Kansas. Denny Hamlin messed up on a restart. Messed up on a restart. Could have possibly won that race. We go back to, to New Hampshire. My man, Martin Truex, had that race in control and just 
got caught in the middle on a restart, and boom, he's not a factor the rest of the day. So restart, restart, restart. And when you can spread out this wide, when you can force the issue for the five cars that are on the outside of you going in turn one, because that's how many it might be sometimes, you've got to make something happen for you in that lap, in the next lap, whatever it may be. And I I am fascinated to watch these guys uh, on, on restarts, to be that aggressive and then gather it back up and know that might be the only pass they make this whole whole green flag run. And that's a key, Kyle, because it's what you do in those first two laps of a restart, right? Or lap and a half. And when you have only really two corners, which is turns one and two, where that's the big differentiator, where you're going to lift out of the gas and actually be out of the gas, whereas opposed to three and four, where you're basically in it. You know, that's why it's so important, Nate, is that because that, that entrance into one through two, like, what you do there can set you up for the next two, three laps, which sets you up for the next whole green flag run. So, like, it's just so impactful, and it's the only place you're going to get large gobs of track position as opposed to being on pit road maybe, you know. But I think on track, it's the only place it's going to happen, and so you just have to push so hard there and take so many risks and go to such weird places because that, that racetrack, when you go off into turn one on any given lap, when they first repaved that place and reprofiled it, it was like a sea of nothingness. Like, you couldn't yeah. even find where <laughs> yeah. you were going. You didn't know where to run. There was no sight lines, no, no marks. Now we've put this resin down, and, the, you know, there's a blackened area, and you have the lines. But it's still, like, when you're following another car, when they're blocking you, you, you get off in there, and you think, where am I? Like, what, where yeah. have I ended up lane-wise? And that makes it just... Uh, you know, adds that where you have this super important moment that also is a very tricky moment in terms of restarts there. Yeah, I loved what Parker said when, when we were showing some of the footage there where you talked about um, the resin on the top part of the racetrack up where you really don't run way, way up there and stuff. But visually, visually it screws you up yeah. because you come down and you see and this looks like that's where the groove is, but the cars go over here right. and then where are you? Right. Where, where do you find your place? Right. And, and driving a race car, and Parker can speak to this a lot in this day and time, is, is, is off of visual cues. It, there's, visual, there's, a, there's a fence post. I need to let off here. There's a speaker on the outside. I need to let, there's a caution light. You, know, you just know where these little things are around the racetrack, um, and that's how you know where to find your place, how deep you got in. It's not, I'm driving to this point. You drive to a certain place, and that's, that's how you know where you're at. So it is... That, is, that was an interesting point right there, to look at the – watch those cars go in and go away from the, the resin. And it's yeah. just – it's weird because you just – you don't really run into this sort of scenario for, for Nate and Dustin. Like, you, you just don't have this often in this sport. You know, the only thing similar to it, kind of, and this is going to sound odd, is turn one at Coda where, you know, we span out five, six wide because there's so much opening, but it funnels down to a really tight spot. Like, it's that similar idea of, like, there's all this space and opening that doesn't get used – until that restart and that one moment where you're like, well, that seems like a good idea. Oh, wait, now I have to get to the corner, right? Like yeah. that's, that happens and you're doing it at 150, 160 miles an hour at Texas. So it's, uh, you know, this could just be a very interesting race in that respect. And all we yeah. saw was the all-star race, as you mentioned, Nate. And like that, to me, showed some of what we are going to see, but also these teams, these drivers have learned these cars. We've learned the different lines where you want to be, how the side force doesn't affect them as much. You know, when you look at, you went into it, Kyle, about drivers and talking about restarts this year. Bubba Wallace lost Michigan because of the line he chose on the restart. Like, that's, 
So that's going to be now the knowledge they have going into this that I think could make this way different than we saw in the All-Star and crazier. All right. Yeah, Good point. clearly Good point. have the frame of reference in the All-Star race, but interesting, no frame of reference on the track. will be interesting. As we said, one of the most important playoff races in the Cup Series, also an important race in the Xfinity Series. This will open the Xfinity Series playoffs this Saturday. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about that on NASCAR America Motormouths. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to NASCAR Motor Motorrides. As we already saw there, MotoGP back in Japan for the first time in three years. Half the grid in the Premier Series hasn't raced at that track. Top three separated by 17 points. So a lot to watch there. MotoGP Japan Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern on CNBC. And of course, the rest of the week, Dale Jr. Download guest Tony Glover tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Xfinity Series and Cup Series Saturday and Sunday on USA as we just talked about. So... What would a NASCAR America Motor Mouth show be without a call from our friend Marvin Blue? I, I don't think it would be. It wouldn't a, be the, a, a complete show. show. Without, without would a, not a be a complete Marvin. show. So, Marvin, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouth. How you doing, guys? Doing well. Great. So, guys, I got a question for you. We're heading to No Limits, Texas this weekend, and for the Xfinity Boys, my question for you guys is, who is your pick to win the race on Saturday? All right, we'll start. Parker, you want to get us kicked off? Expandy Series prediction for Texas. Ty Gibbs. I'm going Ty on a Gibbs. limb, guys. Man, you're way out there. You're you know, way out there. Just yeah. be, be, I just want to be, you know, send me a life raft at some point, will you, please? <laughs> uh, Dustin, who you got? You know what? The uh, junior motorsports cars have been strong, and it's easy to go with Noah Gregson, who's won three in a row. But I'll tell you what, I'll do it something different. I'll go with Sam Mayer, Sam Mayer to win wow. for the first time in a junior motorsports car and to do it there at Texas. Wow. And he, he's in the playoffs, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could have all four junior motorsports cars make it all the way to Phoenix if everything works out. Now, obviously, Ty Gibbs and A.J. Allmendinger. Are gonna well, you've already got both Toyotas there. You might as well put all Junior's cars there. I'm messing with I'm you, man. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you, man. Everybody gets I'm to me- go. I'm messing with you. Um, you know what? I, 
man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that Noah train. I know he's. Right. Going, I know, oh wow, that's a hard. I know, I, listen, listen, and I, I've, I said it. I said it on the call. He is is like Kyle Larson was last year. Kyle Larson could could pit 16 times, get way out of sequence, and still be on the right sequence when the race was over with, and have track position and win the race. Now this year, Kyle Larson can't find the racetrack. Sometimes he doesn't. What well, if it's going to happen to him? You just get on those hot streaks, and for whatever reason, right now, Junior Motorsports and Noah Gregson is in that place where the racing gods are smiling on them and putting them in the right place no matter what. They can run fifth all day long, and all of a sudden, the last restart, they choose the right lane, and they win the race. And, and so I go with Noah. All right. Well, um, I, I see the parallel, although I don't remember Kyle Larson maybe making as many other drivers angry. Why, why do, must made, we always talk about well, anger on this I, show? I'm just saying, why well, must we? I don't know. Somebody I heard. Because <laughs> you seem to be so angry. I'm always angry. I've been angry I since. I feel like I once heard someone say hate sells. That's, so, that, that's, that's what my t-shirt says. Angry since therapy show. Angry since 74. <laughs> angry show. since 74. That's what my shirt says, man. I was in grade school. I was in middle school. <laughs> Getting ready to redo the fourth or the eighth grade, the fourth grade. Now, I was going to say fourth grade for the third time. Now I know why I'm not on here much. I'm very happy. So. <laughs> That's it. Um, one more note. Uh, Ty Gibbs, uh, Parker brought him up as his pick. He's going to continue to drive Cup and Xfinity, yeah. yes. according to David Wilson uh, telling Dustin. That. Yeah, that was one thing I asked David Wilson about. Is just obviously we've seen uh, Ty Gibbs running in the uh, for 2311 racing in place of Kurt Busch, and as you get in this championship, and one thing that kind of came to mind is as Noah's talked about. You know, just the he's doing some Cup and Xfinity, and how he's had some hard impacts in the Cup car, and just a little bit how he's you know being a little bit conservative in that car because he doesn't want to hurt himself for an Xfinity run, an Xfinity yeah. championship. But I asked David about it, and David says, "Look, you know, we feel good about where Ty is. We really like the improvement and what he's learning and getting prepared for. So uh, they're going to plan to keep him until unless you know if Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch were to come back." then he yeah. would relinquish the seat. But as of right now, they're going to keep Ty Gibbs in the car and let him do double duty. So that'll be something a little bit different to watch. And, and I, you know, maybe, Parker, you can address this. Is just the challenges of, of trying to do double duty in a weekend and also think about, you know, you're also a, a, one of the favorites for a championship. I, I think it's a lot to balance. I think we've seen that throughout the year, right? We've seen drivers who have jumped in Xfinity cars and made awkward mistakes um, or had awkward issues because it's just so different. Um, you know, and I, I don't think we've really seen it go the other way as much, but, you know, it's definitely, it's a lot that we have not had or experienced in this sport before having such a vast difference between your, you know, lower series and the cup series. Um, and so I just think it's definitely a lot to balance. And then you add in the championship and that's where you really want to have all your focus and you want to have every duck in a row and just be really, you know, have your mind share be taken over by the idea of what it takes to win that championship. And I think that's where, you know, I look at Phoenix that weekend. If he's in the championship four, that's where I think the 45 has a discussion or a decision to make in terms of do you keep Ty in there or does a John Hunter Nemechek get a shot or something like that or if Kurt were to come back, obviously. So I just think that's where I I would be a little hesitant with how different these cars are and have that mind share even taken out even 1% by that cup car when you're trying to race for a championship. Yeah, that will certainly bear watching the rest of the playoffs and, among other things, we're waiting to hear on with Ty Gibbs. Uh, Parker, I think you've already put in a full day in the wall. I know you taped that earlier. Watch for that on Motorsports NBC YouTube channel. So we will say goodbye to you. Thank you for all your insights. Thank you, man. 
And when we come back, we will talk round of 12 and be joined by our analyst and also a co-NASCAR Cup Series team owner, Brad Doherty. There he is when we come back on NASCAR America Motor Mouse, talking round of 12 playoffs. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Being an owner and a driver is certainly a balancing act. You're happy there? Dirt and mud really kind of forced me out of my comfort zone. You win a race and it, and it puts you in the playoffs. We only need one, but we gotta make some hay. This is our only chance. Final control. It is scary, but pray that it all works out. We are going high speeds and we are in a cage. I am you are, ma'am. Race for the championship. Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern USA. One of the drivers they're following is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., which is why you saw the man joining us right now at a conference table talking about Bristol Motor Speedway's dirt race. It's Brad Doherty. Uh, Brad, welcome to the program. Uh, we've been talking Bristol. We've been talking Texas. Yeah. What do you make of the playoffs here heading into round of 12? Well, I was sitting thinking about this today, man. Um, you know, we go into this, this, this next race in Texas – you know, trying to pick the the guy who's going to walk away. You know, it's been, the the contenders have had so many problems, so many so much trouble. Uh, you know, with Busher winning and and Bubba winning, um, which one of these guys is going to step up at Texas and grab the bull by the horn, so to speak? And I tell you, my gut, Ryan Blaney runs well there. Christopher Bell has been excellent. Uh, he has what two top threes last two races, but. The thing that just I've been thinking about all day is just Denny Hamlin. I mean, this guy's been in the playoffs since 1925, right? He is in the playoffs <laughs> every year. He's got the best equipment, best team. He's a very capable driver. He has to win this championship this year, man. He has to. I, it, he's got so much experience. Yeah, they've had more mistakes than nine teams put together on pit road and all that type of stuff, but he cannot have this long a career and have this many opportunities and not win a championship. It just cannot happen. So we go into Texas. He has three wins there. He's been he's been really great in the past. Has struggled a little bit as of recent. But I think Denny Hamlin is the first guy to throw a big punch and, and be one of the playoff contenders and win a race. And I think that happened this weekend. All right. So that's wow. Brad Doherty's prediction. What do you think? He's got Kyle Busch's pick, pick crew. Does does Denny Hamlin win Texas? No, Martin Truex does. That's right. You um, said that. Martin Truex does. We go, we, go, we go the first four races of the season. Or, and the playoffs. I is really scary. I agree yeah. with you on yeah. this. Yeah, first I, four. We go the first four races and no contenders win. Hmm. Um, and and I, I just think it, that's the way it is. I, I, have, I have been blown away in, in, the, in this first round to watch the things that have happened to the contenders, but the mistakes the contenders have made. This has been the yeah. sloppiest first round that I've ever seen. Uh, and when, when it's all on the line and you're supposed to elevate your game, nobody's that's elevating. That, that's, that's why we have a Bubba Wallace win. That's why we have an Eric Jones win. That's why we have these other. 
the, the game has not, they can't separate themselves from the pack. Well, and, and all those great stories of those drivers winning, it does something that, Nate, you talked about earlier today on our, on our call, was just it's, it's taking away playoff points. Yes. Those right. are five playoff points gone from, from Darlington, five gone from, yes, from right. Kansas, five gone from Bristol. And I think was it, uh, there are only a couple stage wins by, by playoff drivers. There are only a couple points. So, look, Christopher Bell had a really good first round, but where does he start the second round? He starts tied basically on the cutoff line because he didn't have as many playoff points during the regular season, really wasn't able to capitalize yeah, on, on, on those issues. So, uh, you know, it's hard to predict because I don't look at what happened in the first round because everything has just been turned upside down. And I think you, you, you left a look at where the points are. I mean, look, third through, through 12th in the points, that's 14 points. Two years ago, it was a 34-point yep. gap. That's how close things are. So any mistake, any issue like that really brings brings it all up. And, and you, can, you could have you know, Denny Hamlin succeed or you could have Denny Hamlin falter yeah. based off of one race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, listen, we, and we'll go back to Bristol just for a minute with the Kevin Harvick interview. Remember, Kevin's standing there and he looks up and he's like, I came down pit road in front of the 17. 17 wins the race. Mm-hmm. They have a mistake on pit road. That's, that's what I keep talking about is these guys, no matter what they do on the racetrack or how their race goes, somehow they end up leaving it on pit road somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the amazing part. And, I, and I'm totally shocked. I mean, I said this our very first show on Motor Mouse this season about the change, big change coming because of the race car. These big monster teams no longer have an advantage. Now, I thought as the season went on, and we have seen some of that, by the time we get to this stage where we're racing for a championship, I thought that would come full circle. That big notebook would be full, and these guys would be dominating races. But here we are. And just like you pointed out, Kyle, just like you pointed out, Dustin, we've had these races, and the mistakes, the myriad of mistakes are just unbelievable for the teams of size. I mean, look, I mean, Eric Jones just went out there and absolutely waxed them, put it on them. Bubba Wallace, he got track position at Kansas, and he was Katie bar the door, brother. They can't catch up. So, so the difference is this race car. The difference is this race car. And have we all of these years with these teams with these big, massive notebooks be calling these guys the greatest race car drivers ever, <laughs> or are they on the greatest teams ever? we got to ask that question. That's a real question. That's a great point. That is a great point. It's, it's certainly opened the door to some non-playoff yes. drivers so far uh, in round one. And I believe we've got James on the line from New York. James wanting to talk about that. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouth, James. Hey, guys. Uh, how are you doing out there today? Doing Good. well. Good. All right. Uh, my question is, um, even though Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, and Chris Buescher are not in the playoffs and they won the first three races uh, in the playoffs, uh, which one of those three drivers have you been impressed with the most so far? Okay. Mm. The first three guys to win the playoffs. You know what? Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm going to say, I, and I'm going to say if, as I look at that group, um, it's really hard to differentiate because the, the Petty GMS has gone from a top 20 or 25 team to being a, a pretty consistent top 10 or 15 team. Um, I look at what Bubba has done. Second half of the year, Bubba has become a race car driver. Uh, and my, my eyes, watching what he's done. It, you heard Parker earlier talk about him getting beat um, at Michigan on a restart. He learned from that. He, he took that and he learned from it. If he did the same thing at Kansas, then you start looking and you say, well, what's, what's up with this? this? And Chris Buescher has, has done something at that team that even Brad Kay hadn't done. He's been pretty consistent, run that thing up front on the road courses, and made something out of nothing in a lot of in a lot of cases. So I think it's really hard to say which one 
has outshined the other ones because there's been moments that are just as bright yeah. for every one of them. Yeah, and they're all in different situations, yes. but it's yeah. a really good question. You're right. Like The biggest surprise to me is that Busher has outrun Greg yeah. Kozlowski the majority of the season. I mean, Kozlowski was up front at Bristol, but really... Uh, Busher was right there. Well, one of the things that he's done, he's been so successful on the road courses that it's changed how RFK Racing did some things, and they put more of that focus on the road course program this year because they saw the success that they could have, and that was their avenue, they thought, to get into the playoffs, and it nearly was. He finished second. Sonoma had some other strong runs, uh, and I think that's been – but, again, you can make the case for each of them. Bubba Bubba has, as you said, grown before our eyes. And it just makes me think, what's he going to be like next year yeah. and how much stronger he's going to be, provided the team is still strong. And, you know, look, what Eric Jones has done at, at, at Petty GMS has been, you know, really strong building program. And you think about Noel Gregson going over there. Yeah. That could be a very interesting combination next season. Yeah. All right, let's uh, squeeze in one more phone call from Justin. Justin, welcome to NASCAR American Motor Mouths. Hi, guys. Good evening. Uh, my question, my prediction is, I believe we're going to have six more minutes. That, that would mean we only would have a repeat winner one race. Okay. Of the remaining seven. So what do you guys think? All right. Appreciate that, Justin. Brad, Justin thinks six more winners this season, only one repeat winner. Are you on? I guess you'd be on board if one of them is uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> you daggone right. You daggone right. I think Justin's right. I, I, he might be right. We might have a different winner of the entire playoffs the way this thing is going. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I would not. This is something you know. You just think about. Could we have a different winner? But or would it come from a guys who've won, like Eric Jones? I mean, that team has been strong. They have been competitive over at Petty GMS all year long. Or does a Chris Busher? We watching him blossom right before our eyes. Does he jump back up and grab another victory? We talked about Bubba Wallace. That's who I'm looking at. I'm looking at these kind of. They're kind of outliers because they they picked off. Uh, you know, some fruit here when we weren't watching or weren't expecting. I think these guys could come back and visit the old fruit tree again as we go down these nice few races because of momentum. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to help Justin out. I, I can get four more. I can get Blaney. This, Blaney for sure, I, I think. I can get four. Yeah. Truex. I got Stenhouse at Talladega. I can get Stenhouse. I can, that's what I, I, was I can say. go Keselowski maybe at the Roval. Yeah. Can we get two more? I don't know, man. This, that, I, and I, 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 it, it's tough. Listen, because we're, but it's 2022. You know what I mean? Anything's possible, that, right? They, anything 22 is, winners in 22. That, that's a, but Three more. You know what? And, but I've said it. I've said it since we got to about 14 or 15. Um, we, we've already got to 20 because I think the fans have been a winner this year. I, I think the fans, what we, what, what has been on the racetrack, I think it's helped the sport this year. This car has helped the sport. I agree. And, and, and the fans have been a, been a huge winner this year on the product that's on the racetrack. So I'm going to throw them in the mix. So I can get you to five. All right. All right. So we didn't quite get to six, but uh, we, we got close. Um, we can talk championship four predictions to close out. Uh, Brad, did you have your championship four intact after the first round? Oh, yeah. It's the four who are, are up front. I mean, I, I think you've got it, – it's not hard. But, I do. this is what I got to – this is what I got to throw. I'm going to throw this in real quick. Where in the heck has Kyle Larson been? I'm trying to figure out what has happened to Kyle Larson this year. He was saying Kyle that earlier. Larson, unbelievable. Kyle Larson last year was – Absolutely unbelievable. He was whooping everybody. He everywhere he went and got in the race car he went. He can't win. He can't I ain't gonna say I'll get in trouble and get thrown off TV. But he is struggling <laughs> this shit. For yep. me, uh if I'm looking at the, the my final four, 
I mean, I, I don't. I think it's Hamlin. I think it's Christopher Bell. I'm going to put, you know, you got Chase Elliott and you got Kyle Larson. I hate to go against Joey Logano, though. He's not, they're not as fast as I'd like to see him be, but man, that guy's a bulldog. I, I, yeah, I got a championship five. I can't, I can't do it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just too hard. All right. Well, we got just a little bit of time left here. I, I, you've got one of your guys left. Right? One of my guys left my, is, is out. Okay. My guy's out. I got, I got uh, Chastain. All right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chastain's, Chastain's your guy all the way yeah. through. Dustin? No pit, no pick, so I'm I'm never wrong. All right. <laughs> All right, there you go. NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.